Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We may be in the middle of the NFL offseason, but there's plenty to wager on at betonline.ag. Baseball is back, the NHL and NBA are in full swing, and there are even NFL draft props to wager on. Make sure you go to betonline.ag to check out their wide betting selection and start wagering today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, a special edition. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner, just the two of us. Somehow we have been left alone here to record this edition of the show. Jamie, I'm surprised that the higher-ups have allowed us to do this. Yet here we are kicking off another week. You and I, TDN Fantasy Podcast, a special edition of the show today. Going a little off the wall here on a Monday. Yeah, we're going to do our own mock draft. Not a fantasy mock draft, a real-life round one Christian mock McCaffrey, draft. pick number one. No, 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 we no, did no, that. no, no, no. Okay, not available. Okay. Uh, pick number eight a while back, but not available right now. Uh, no, we're going to actually do a real-life first-round mock draft. Uh, I said, Chris, let's do a what we would do. So this is okay, not meant to be I, I, predictive. This is what I was going to ask you because we are alternating picks here for this episode. Yes. And then when we're back on Wednesday, the whole crew will be here. Jake will be back with us. We'll do the second half. And I wanted to ask how we were doing this. Is this predictive or is this we are the general managers of the teams that we are going to be able to be picking for and that we are picking the player that we want the most? So we will be picking the player we want the nice. most. No trades, just to make this easy. Yes. So we'll just go with the order that is currently there. So we're sorry out there for you Seattle or Houston or Los Angeles Rams fans uh, that we will not be talking about your team today. But uh, so we're going to go 32 picks. We're going to break it up over two shows. We'll do picks from one through 16 right now. Um, obviously, we'll keep them in realistic territory, uh, but it will be a what we would do if we had the opportunity to make these picks in those spots. So uh, it's going to be a really fun exercise, and it's going to be a great lead into what we're doing next week, which, oh, again, mm, haven't stay, fully revealed yet. Tuned. But put it this way. There's going to be some very interesting things that happen on draft week. And a lot of it's going to be us talking about where these incoming rookies are going to go, what their fantasy value would be in certain scenarios. So that's what we're going to spend our next week doing. So this week will be our mock draft week. You can tell me if I need to edit this out of the show, but I feel safe in saying this. If you like TDN fantasy content and you like the two of us talking about fantasy related concepts, I think you're going to be happy with what we have planned for you next week. I think that's a fair way of teasing what is on the horizon for everybody. Okay, so the way we are going to do this, like Jamie said, it is going to be what we would do in these situations. But we have taken the liberty of making the first two picks for this draft. I think it's pretty self-explanatory that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Zach Wilson is going to go number two to the New York Jets. Any objections to us setting the tempo that way, Jimmy? We are not going to pick for those teams. We are just going to give them those two players and let the draft start at number three. 
No, but we could talk about them slightly here. Sure. We'll, we'll keep it very brief. Obviously, Lawrence at one has been the presumptive pick for a year and a half now, maybe two full years. Uh, he's going to be the pick. He saw, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night um, because Jake Arians is at an Arians Family Foundation golf event, which, by the way, check out more information about that at Arians Family Foundation. But on this day, he gave $20,000 to, to charity based on Jaguars fans that were buying him uh, and his wife wedding gifts. So he's going there to Jacksonville. Uh, I'm excited to see him play with really a, an interesting group of weapons a completely new coaching staff, but he's going to be the pick at one. And, and Chris, I'll see the rest of my time. You're the Jets fan on the show. Talk about this is the result that is the overwhelming favorite at every sports book and the result that you've been pounding the table for for months, and that is Zach Wilson, number two. Sure. I, I think it's pretty clear to say that the Jets are going to take a quarterback here too with Sam Darnold gone. They've said no to almost every trade call that has come their way for number two. San Francisco didn't even call them when moving up to number three, which is where we are starting this exercise. They were at the pro day at BYU. Uh, there have been some tongue-in-cheek comments from Joe Douglas in which Steve Young made some comments about Zach Wilson and being in New York and Joe Douglas was like well Steve would kind of know a thing or two about BYU there's all of these they're not really trying to hide what they're doing here because they don't really feel like they need to Zach Wilson the momentum has been there for him to be the pick it feels like he is going to be the pick from everybody you talk to inside the NFL draft circles to, to where I think my jaw would be on the floor Jamie just if they didn't go that direction not that I would be upset that they went in a different direction but just I think I would just be shocked if they went a different direction with how much momentum has been in this direction so I think we feel comfortable saying that Zach Wilson is going to be the pick at number two. Yeah, I would say I'm 100% confident Trevor Lawrence is the pick at one and 99% confident yeah. that Zach Wilson's the pick at two. So for us, the draft is going to start at number three for this exercise. And we're like, like Jamie said at the top, we're going to do picks uh, one through 16 here on the show today. And then on Wednesday, 17 uh, through 32. So Jamie, you have gotten the odds here. The randomizer has given you all of the odd number teams, which means you are on the clock first with the San Francisco 49ers. And I will say this, we originally had this order put together if there were going to be three of us doing this and I had to pick at number three so I had spent a lot of time diving into what I wanted to do with number three if we were going to do with the original format so I want to see if Jamie you and I are in lockstep of who the pick should be here at number three I've also spent a lot of time on this pick because I'm an editor and a writer in the <laughs> NFL draft community and that's basically for since March 26th when the Niners made that trade this has been the talking point um, and it's gone all over the place. It, it, it's a conversation that originally began with our oh, man, are they trading up for Justin Fields or Trey Lance? And then all of a sudden that bomb got dropped of, oh, maybe they're trading up for Mac Jones. And then we've had all these conversations here. Uh, there's been a lot more momentum, at least in terms of money being gambled uh, in recent days on Justin Fields being the pick at three. And that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to take Justin Fields. I think he is a superior prospect to Mac Jones in pretty much every most facets of his game. Um, the first read garbage was just that garbage. It was proven untrue. And if you haven't had a chance to read it yet or haven't seen it referenced on many shows like Good Morning Football and College Coward Radio Analytics show, guy. Analytics guy, Benjamin Soul, like their full breakdown of every single throw Justin Fields made last year. Had a lot of these breakout articles and one of them was dispelling the first read narrative around Justin Fields. Um, I think Justin Fields is closer in my mind, to Trevor Lawrence than I think Zach Wilson is. Like, if he would be my QB2 in this draft. I understand why Wilson's going to be the pick there, uh, but I love Justin Fields a lot. He's an intelligent passer. He's somebody that can – he has other elements of his game that he can unlock. I know he holds on to the ball a little bit too long, but 
I'd rather have that and tell him to unlock that rushing game of his and a quarterback that scrambles away too early and is not willing to put the ball down the field. Uh, this has to be the pick here. Like this, I, I like Trey Lance as a fit as well. I think Trey Lance would be a really intriguing option there. That was going to be my pick if but I had to it, me, it was me making this election. It's, those two are really close. It can't be Mac Jones. Like the yes. ceiling for Mac Jones is so low compared to what those other two quarterbacks can be. I, I do not understand trading away the amount of assets you traded away and to trade all the way up to number three for that to be your pick for a guy who probably could have gotten away with a 12 or on draft night. If you really saw the quarterback market start to, to shrink a little bit and guys come off the board, you could have moved up on draft night to maybe six or seven, maybe even eight the other uh, to, thing move, of note. to move up to three. You liked one of these guys. You wanted to make sure that uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields was your quarterback next season. Good thing of note too. Justin Fields has been working out with one of Kyle Shanahan's friends all off season. So I know that this narrative started because though they didn't go to Ohio state's pro day, they, I mean, I mean, Jamie, they didn't go to his pro day. So how could they possibly pick him at number three if they didn't go to his pro day? And they went to Mac Jones's pro day instead. I mean, it's unbelievable. I know. But to me, like, (laughs) even if you want to look at that at the surface level, if I'm getting plenty of intel about this guy for weeks and weeks and weeks. Plus they they scheduled a second pro day. I never understood the freak out over over the pro day that they picked. I was I was baffled by the whole thing. If you couldn't tell that I was being sarcastic, I was being sarcastic about the whole process. While I do believe Mac Jones has a realistic chance to go here, I still think my pick and my predictive pick will both be the same here, and I think it's Justin Fields at three. So I would have gone Trey Lance, uh, just just for the record, just for posterity's sake. I will tell you where I would have gone. I would have gone Trey Lance, but a good pick nonetheless, Jamie, which means I'm on the clock uh, with pick number four. And this is interesting because I thought maybe you were going to leave me Justin Fields and I was potentially going to make him the pick, but ultimately – with the, I, I know they can get out of Matt Ryan's contract next season. I understand that it is structured in a way to where they can get rid of it, and it's not a huge dead cap money. But they did restructure his contract in a way that did kick this can down a road a little, a little bit. And I think Arthur Smith and company are going to try to give this a run with Matt Ryan in this two-year window. They might take a quarterback on day two. They might take a quarterback next year. They are going to try to find the heir apparent to Matt Ryan at some point, but they are going to try to compete in this two-year window with Matt Ryan and try to make it work. So in order to do that, you need to give Matt Ryan some help on the offensive side of the ball. So Jamie, at pick number four, Kyle Pitts is going to join the Atlanta Falcons uh-huh. offense. I think this makes too much sense. Julio Jones is getting older. Calvin Ridley is taking over as that wide receiver one, but adding this dynamic pass threat that is Kyle Pitts, I think is a home run. He fits exactly what Arthur Smith wants to do. We saw what Arthur Smith was able to do with a tight end in Jonu Smith, and Kyle Pitts is easily one of the best offensive players in this class. I understand that there are going to be some Falcons fans that are probably not too happy with me. They probably wanted me to take Trey Lance here, but I cannot pass up an offensive talent like Kyle Pitts, so he is going to be the selection at pick number four. I like it. Uh, look, Arthur Smith's offenses ran a high volume of two tight end sets. They can get really, really exciting working off of play action and throwing the ball over the middle, the intermediate to deep parts of the field to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst. And uh, I'm really excited to see what that offense could look like with Pitts. I think Atlanta's a prime trade back candidate. The thing is, is they might have some issues there. Like there is somebody super high on Lance is somebody super high on Jones knowing that Cincinnati's unlikely to move back at five. Miami's probably unlikely to move back again at six because they traded up there specifically to probably target that a top pass catcher for them. Uh, and then the Lions at seven, they could trade back or they could, they could be interested in a quarterback as well. So that makes yeah. things really complicated where, you know, if you're a team right now, you might be able to not have to trade up till eight or nine or something if you want one of these quarterbacks. So 
Uh, but I do think they'll tr- at least try to trade back here. But if not, I agree with you. I think Pitts is and should be the pick. So you're on the clock here with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I feel so strongly that I know the direction that you're going. And I kind of want to put it in. We're using the uh, TDN mock draft machine to catalog our picks here so we can see who's available on the board. I feel so confident. I want to hit the button that I, I feel Ooh. so strongly in the direction that you're going to go. And, and maybe I'm right, but I'm going to do it. And then you can, you can go ahead and, and, and discuss from there. That's not the pick, Chris. It's not the pick. You're gonna have to hit that little that little button. I, oh that my button goodness! Pause there. Okay. I'm going Jamar Chase here. Wow. And obviously, this is the debate between Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell. And the signing of Riley Reef doesn't mean that you can't draft Sewell. Like he, it's a one-year deal. He can move into guard if you have to. But I think they liked Jonah Williams enough from what they saw from him to play left tackle. So the question is, if you're going to bring in Penny Sewell, do you want to move Williams to right tackle? You're going to have Sewell play right tackle and then kick Reef inside the guard. There's nothing wrong with that pick if they make it. That's You know what? That's the practical pick. That is the, that is the pick that, you know, I'm going to put my money in like an IRA type of a thing. Like wow. I, that's the practical that's scenario. The, that's the safe, you know, let your money just grow over time pick. But what I think, what I think they're going to do and what I've slowly talked myself into doing is this keeping your quarterback happy and surrounding him with massive weapons and a true wide receiver one. You're buying Tesla stock, baby, to the moon. I like Tyler Boyd. I like T. Higgins. I think they're both number two options inside of an offense like that, where Jamar Chase has a chance to be a true wide receiver one for them. It's the pick your quarterback wants to make, which is the biggest investment on your roster. And then it gives you – the reef signing at least gives you a chance to either wait a year or to spend some more money on that next offseason or or even picks later. I mean, it's a pretty deep tackle clash. You can use – you know, you're going to have another early pick that you're going to be able to use later on on him, on that, that player. So I'm going to go with Jamar Chase here. Give that, that offense a true wide receiver one. Make their quarterback very happy. And, oh, by the way, sell a whole bunch of those brand-new jerseys that they want to sell to get all that money uh, that's coming out this year for Cincinnati Bengals fans. So I think with the way that our order played out through the first four picks, the Bengals had, I think, two very good choices. Jamar Chase keeps their quarterback happy, absolutely puts more into this offense, and they have invested a lot with the first overall pick in last year, Jeff, with Joe Burrow, and now a top-five pick in a wide receiver you also could have convinced me that protecting their quarterback it would needs to be priority numero uno and that's what they should have done as well so they were in a really good spot but what you have done here jamie is you have put me in a really bad spot with the miami dolphins because i did not anticipate Penny Sewell getting here to pick number six it, it was not something that i had anticipated when we had started this thought experiment but i've also seen two pass catching options come off the board and Tua needs weapons. They need they need to surround their quarterback with some talent on offense. That's a former two got two former teammates sitting out there. And there are two former teammates sitting out there. And with the way that this board has played out, I don't feel comfortable that one of them is going to get to 18. So if I'm the Dolphins and I'm picking for the Dolphins here, so I in the back of my mind know I got to be picking at 18 as well, even though the order might not play out that way when we do the show on Wednesday. For this moment, I have to act like I have 18 as well. And so I'm going to take a wide receiver here. I'm going to take one of the Alabama receivers. I am taking Jalen Waddle here with the sixth overall pick. I considered Penny Sewell for just a split second, Jamie, but with the run on pass catchers going back-to-back with Pitts and Jamar Chase, Miami needs to add weapons to this offense. Tua needs more options to throw the ball to, and who better than somebody that went to the same school as him, one of the Alabama receivers that are more than likely going to go at this spot in the draft. And I understand Devonta Smith is, is highly touted, but I think Jalen Waddle fits what Miami's trying to do. Uh, Tua to Jalen Waddle. I will create the connection now. That is the pick at number six. 
I love it. And I think, look, the Dolphins probably want to target Kyle Pitts, uh, but if he's off the board, things get interesting. I think that Chase being off the board here is a huge relief for the Dolphins. And what I mean by that is it's tough to pass on him as a player, and especially at that position if he's there. But I'm not sure he's the best fit for what that offense needs right now. I love the idea of Jalen Waddle in the slot for Miami. Yeah, you've got you got Will Fuller and Devontae Parker as your primarily outside options. Um, you can use Jacecki in different spots of the field in line as a dig slot. I think having a guy like Waddle in that offense is actually a better fit to make an impact for two of right away. But it's also tough to make that pick over Chase. Like I understand that. So Chase being off the board makes it, this a it, lot easier, even yes. if I think Pitts was their top target. Yes, and certainly it, it was super easy for me to make the decision. It was Waddle or Penny Sewell for me. I had Devonta Smith as a distinct third here in this conversation. Uh, so Penny Sewell falling this far certainly almost changed my plans. But Jalen Waddle, I think it just makes too much sense. I think they are, they are coveting a pass catcher. I think this could have been the pick at three, right? Uh, they could have considered Waddle or Pitts at three if they were there originally before they made the trade with San Francisco. I think they dropped back a couple of spots. They add some more draft capital and they still get one of the guys that they coveted. You are now on the clock with the Detroit Lions at pick number seven. And I have no idea what you're going to do with this pick. This is a tough spot. Uh, this is going to be, it's tough to kind of peg where the Lions are. They have plenty of options, obviously. And one of them is a quarterback. There's still a, a top four, mm-hmm. I guess two of the top five quarterbacks, but a top four quarterback that's sitting out there right now in Trey Lance. I think this is a great trade back spot. I can't do it for this pick, so I'm going to have to make a pick. But I – because to me, I I have a hard time believing that they're – while I would like the Lance pick – you know what? Screw it. This is what we're doing, right? Yeah. yeah, No, screw it. Trey Lance. Very good. Here's why. I'm not sure they are confident enough to make this pick because I think Brad Holmes at least wants to give Jared Goff a shot because he's got a background there. And they could have made other picks. Now, they could have made other trades sure, and, and picked up more draft cap, or maybe not more than what they got by taking on Goff's contract. So there's, there's this catch-22 here of how much of it was, well, at least we got a quarterback back. How much was we get the extra first-round pick to take that contract? In reality, it gives them an elongated window, but it gives them a two-year window to kind of see what the situation is with golf. Lance doesn't have to start from day one, and I don't think he should start from day one. If he has a, a year to sit behind literally anybody, just a year to be on the bench, particularly for a team with no expectations. Like, I, I know you're always going to have fans, you know, clamoring for a rookie quarterback when the starter's not playing well. I get that. But there are no expectations in Detroit for the 2021 season. No. This is a really good spot for him to go and sit and then by next year can kind of take over take over the reins of that offense and truly start to get that team on that rebuild path so i don't think they make this pick i think they trade out or they take another player but if it's me i'm taking trey lance and, and it is you jamie and you're allowed to make the pick and that is a good pick and this the way i mean I, the stars have aligned here for the carolina panthers they bring in a new quarterback they make the trade for sam darnold they're still sitting here at pick number eight they are not going to get one of the quarterbacks uh, in this draft class but when the moment they traded for sam darnold i don't think that was the direction that they were going to go in but now they get to do something that is so important they get to make the pick to protect the quarterback they get to take the number one offensive tackle in this class according to the tdn predictive board penny sewell makes it all the way to pick number eight he will not be making it to pick number nine he has made it this far the slide will stop he is the selection for the carolina panthers uh, at pick number eight and this is really simple jamie 
They're going in a different direction at quarterback. They need to set up their quarterback for success. And that starts with being able to protect him. And who better to do that than the guy that we all think is the best offensive tackle prospect in this class. They have a need at the position. It makes a ton of sense. They can start the Sam Darnold era off right. And now they, if not, they still have a franchise player to be able to protect to whoever their next quarterback is going to be down the road. So the board has fallen to me in a way to way Penny Sewell's here at eight. I will hand the card into Roger Goodell. He is the selection for the Panthers at pick number eight. I like it a lot. Uh, I think that that's a pick that we've seen a lot uh, be Rashawn Slater because no, most people do not expect Penny Sewell to make it that No, I, it would have so. been Slater if, if, if Sewell had come off the board, but Sewell gets here, and so I'll take him over, over Slater. Yeah, and it, the Broncos are in an interesting spot here at number nine as well. No quarterbacks and, on the board unless you're taking well, Mac, Mac Jones. Jo- Mac, Mac Jones is still available, and you have to wonder if that's a player that they like as much as some other leagues have. You know, they don't really have, like, I think if Sewell had made it here, I think that would have been the selection. I still, this is also a spot where I could see Parsons come off the board. It's Um, certainly the only spot in the top 10 I feel comfortable saying he comes off the board. Yes. Probably the only spot in the top 14. I I mean, I could see the Eagles getting weird at 12. uh, No, the Roseman doesn't like linebackers enough to take him with the first pick there. I just don't think that, like, they have a need. I just don't think they will. Um, I'm going to go. No, gonna go if little... you take the player that I think you're going to take because you're not taking Parsons, I'm going to be upset with you because I want him at 10. That's too bad. I'm taking Patrick Stand. You're kidding nine. me. I am. Uh, I still think I know they added Ronald Darby, but I still think they need long-term corner help there. Still have Vic Fangio center defense. They're going to ask a lot of those corners. He's such a tremendous talent, Sertan. And I, I, it's tough to pass there. This is kind of where this is a bad spot for them because I feel like this is – well, it's not an immediate need. It will be a need soon. Mm-hmm. And I like him in this spot on this roster. I can be an impact starter from day one for them. And I just don't, if one of those other quarterbacks, one of the top four quarterbacks made it here, I, I'm, I'm taking that pick without a thought. Right. I, I think if Trey Lance if, gets here, it's a different conversation. I think if Justin Fields gets here, it's a different conversation. But with the way that this has played out, I don't think they can reach here for a Mac Jones. And yes, I'm calling it a reach because it would be a reach here, I think, to take Mac Jones inside the top 10. Instead, Stick to your plan. Drew yep. Locks, your starting quarterback. Add help to this now. defense. Help your coach and Vic Fangio. And then if it doesn't work out with Drew Locke, now you go into next season with a clear plan of we need to get a quarterback. Yeah, and and that's it's kind of the situation they're having to put themselves in right now. I, I don't think moving, I guess, you could theoretically move back, but I'm not sure it's worthwhile. Now, unless somebody else wants Sertan, I mean, or I think somebody that, else that could wants be a spot Jones. to get in front of Dallas or somebody wants Mac Jones. Although right. at this point, you're starting to get into a weird territory here of like, where's, where else could Mac Jones go in these next handful? Uh, of you days? have to get in front of New England at 15, right? I think that's the maybe. only I, landmine I, I don't that think exists. He's, but maybe. I think that's the I, only I one that the exists. Patriots are taking him. I don't think the Patriots take him if he gets to 15. Like, I, I just don't think he's, he's going to be a fit for what they want to do at this point. I know there's the Alabama connection, but I think that's it. I don't think he's a particularly strong fit in New England. But that's the spot they're in right now. I would take Sertan. Uh, if, if Parsons didn't have all of the off-the-field stuff, I think that would have been the easy pick here. Sure. But I, you know, I just – it's a still a premium position. And, Patrick, if you have to go with the, the CB1 versus linebacker one at the end of the day as a tiebreaker, I'm going to go with premium positions. And I think even though it's it makes a – Fairly strong point of their defense, now a massive strength, but it's going to be make it a big strength in the future years. Again, you're not just drafting for one year. You're drafting for long term. Mm-hmm. So even though they don't have an immediate need right now, and a lot of times you want one of those top players in the top 10 to fill an immediate need, I think you just go best player available. 
So you you have you have absolutely uh, sniped the player that I wanted here at ten. So you you've done me no favors. But we've watched a lot of Dallas Cowboy football last season, uh, specifically from a fantasy lens. And whoever was playing the Dallas Cowboys usually had good fantasy numbers because that defense. Swiss cheese, I think, is putting it nicely to describe the Dallas Cowboy defense. So I'm going to take the second corner on the board. You took Patrick Sertan. I'll take J.C. Horn. And I, and I think it's, it's as simple as whichever corner is left on the board for the Cowboys at 10 is the guy that they should take. If Sertan gets there, I think he's CB1. I think that's the guy you take. In this scenario, J.C. Horn gets there, who has kind of risen up the boards because of the Caleb Farley back stuff. The back injuries have pushed Farley down a little bit. So I think J.C. Horn moves up the board. I think that's the pick here at 10 because Dallas needs help in that secondary and they don't get CB1, but they get a pretty darn good CB2 here in J.C. Horn. He is the pick at 10. Thank you, Jamie, for stealing my player. Uh, you know what? I like that pick a lot, though. Uh, I would not be surprised if there are some teams that have J.C. Horn as their CB1. Ahead uh, of Sertan? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, close. I don't, I don't think they're going to be like – I don't think there's going to be like a half-round grade difference between them. But I would not be surprised. Horn's had a really strong offseason here. He's got such a good attitude, too. Like, he's got that attitude that you want from your CB1. So this actually might even be a player that, the, that Dallas has as their CB1. Sure, so they and, might they, not and they're sitting actually, here feeling great. They're like, oh, we got our guy anyway. Yeah, they might not have actually missed out as much as it kind of feels like they might mm-hmm. have. So uh, this is a really interesting spot now. So I'm picking at 11 here. Yeah, you can filibuster as long well, as you you'd what? like to make this decision. Well, no. Well, I'm going to filibuster even more. Hey, Chris, do you want to uh, give a little bit of a reset and, to, and recap sure. our top 10? Sure. I, I will tell everybody I who, who the top 10, if for some reason you've jumped into the middle of this podcast. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson picks one and two. Justin Fields, three to the 49ers. Kyle Pitts comes off the board four to the Atlanta Falcons, Jamar Chase, fifth to the Bengals, Jalen Waddle, sixth to the Dolphins, Trey Lance, seventh to the Lions, Penny Sewell, eighth to the Panthers, Patrick Sertan, ninth to the Denver Broncos, and J.C. Horn, my most recent pick for the Dallas Cowboys, leaving Jamie on the clock here with the New York Giants. Jamie, are you feeling one side of the ball? Is there a side of the ball that is calling to you? Are you weighing different options? What is going through your mind right now? Well, I'm weighing between what I would do and what I think the Giants are going to do. Um, to me, what I would do, I think, is clear. I think you need to continue building this offensive line. And I think Rashawn Slater still being there is a huge coup uh, for the New York Giants. That's who I'm going to take here. Uh, I think while he can play tackle and obviously he can play at a fairly high level, I think his upside at guard is massive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he could be a perennial pro bowler inside a guard if you want to play him there. Uh, but it gives you some flexibility on that line. And, you know, you have Andrew Thomas coming back for a second year, but you don't really, I know you've got, you know, you're going to have one more year. Um, why am I blanking on it right now? The four, or Nate Solder, you know, you're going to have Matt Pert, who you spent a third round pick on, you know, so you have some pieces there at, at the tackle spot. But aside from Andrew Thomas, who needs to have a much better sophomore season, especially after being a top five pick, I think there's, you need help across the board here and you need to give Daniel Jones some more time to throw. If you're going to truly evaluate what he can be as your quarterback, which I think is not much to be honest with you, but he's the guy that get open chose and they're going to have to make their sleep in the bed that they've made. But I think getting a talent of Slater skill set is massive. You can play him wherever you need him on the line. Uh, I'm really excited to see a player like him fall to the giants and the giants should be too. It's not the sexy pick. It's not Devonta Smith. It's not another pass catching option but it's the most prudent option for the Giants there at pick 11 if he's still there. And I honestly would have considered um, Elijah Vera Tucker in that spot if Slater had already been off the board. Like mm-hmm. I think that interior line is a significant need, but I think if you're looking at the Giants pick, it's offensive line, uh, edge rusher, or wide receiver at 11. 
So now I'm on the board here with the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 12. And just taking a quick look at the team needs for this team. Tight end is a team need. That's not going to be a fit here at 12. The two corners come off the board. I don't know if this is a spot that I'm willing to take Caleb Farley. So he comes off the board safety. There's nobody that I feel comfortable taking at 12. Linebacker, we already had the Mike Parsons conversation. Interior offensive lineman, we could have a conversation about Elijah Vera Tucker. But the first need, and and I'm not a big fan of drafting for needs. Sometimes you got to take the best player available. But this guy also happens to be the best player available on the board we are transitioning into the Jalen Hurts era Jamie and what is the best recipe for helping out your young quarterback giving him receivers to throw the ball to so the other Alabama receiver will come off the board here at 12 Devonta Smith is going to be the pick and this is this boils down to if you want Jalen Hurts to be successful you have to do with what you failed to do for Carson Wentz which was get him a top caliber wide receiver in the NFL draft and they have not been they were not able to do that with Carson Wentz they attempt to do it here for Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith and the board plays out into which one of those big time pass catching options gets to the Eagles at 12. They don't pass up on the opportunity here and Devonta Smith joins Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Love that a lot. And this 13 is easy for me. Um, I think the only way this gets complicated is if one of J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan fall. Then I think that that's in consideration here for the Chargers at number 13. Otherwise, you got to add to the offensive line. I'm going to take Christian Darasaw here, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. Uh, big, nasty. He's got good size, mobility, uh, power. Like they need to continue building around that offensive line. It's gotten a little bit better over the last, you know, over this offseason. But, you know, you've got like Trey Pipkins and Sam Tevy, those guys getting starts last year. You can't have that. You found your franchise quarterback. You have some pieces around him that you, that you really, really like on offense. You have to continue to build on the offensive line. I think Darasaw is one of the top talents in this class, and he will not get – I don't think he'll get past the Chargers here at 13, assuming one of those corners isn't still there, which I do think is, is a sneaky need for the Chargers if one of the top options falls. So you've left me here with the Minnesota Vikings at 14, and you've left me with a player that I think makes the most sense for this team. They played very well in the second half of the season. They almost made a run uh, to get into the postseason. They have two, two big-time wide receivers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins played well in the second half. They can run the football. they got to protect the quarterback, Jamie. they got to keep Kirk Cousins upright if they are going to contend in the NFC so let's get let's get them some help for the interior of that offensive line a guy that you considered a little bit earlier for the New York Giants I'm going to take here for the Minnesota Vikings Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be the pick this is the perfect mix of the players available at the top of the board with a team need they need to keep Kirk Cousins upright I just said it a second ago it's the most important thing to this football team they played well in the second half of last year and made that run but if they want to continue and take that second half success from last year into success here in 2021 it starts with keeping Kirk Cousins upright this pick is what's going to allow them to do that Elijah Vera Tucker the pick at 14 love it and that is the, that seems to be the most common pick across the board from a team especially from outside the top 10 for a team player fit it's tough to argue though I mean I'll be perfectly honest with you like I think that's the pick they should well, make and, and where else can they go right let me I mean Tevin Jenkins could be the pick as well I He's could right tackle I so could no, maybe go Micah Parsons right I mean that this could be a landing spot there as well could I get them some edge help with with Jalen Phillips Aziz Ojolari sure but I think the biggest pressing need for this team is they need to keep Kirk Cousins upright and if they keep him up in the pocket, he's going to be able to hit Justin Jefferson. He's going to hit Adam Thielen. This team's going to be very productive on, on offense. So that, to me, was the bigger need, the, the, the more pressing situation to fix. So Elijah Vera Tucker's the pick. 
Yeah, I like that pick a lot, and that leaves me with New England at 15. I think I've already pretty much foreshadowed this, but I'm not taking a quarterback here. I, I don't think that Mac Jones is a particularly strong fit in New England. Uh, and I, I know everyone, if you see all these like Tom Brady comparisons or Tom Brady, but the, it's, it's he's not Tom Brady. And I don't think this is the pick that they're going to make. I think if, if they're going to go after a quarterback, they will trade up for a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields or somebody like that. I don't think they're going to sit back here and take a quarterback with, at 15. Um, even though he's heavily mocked there. Um, I'm going to go with, and this is interesting here, uh, because this is kind of where I think they can go in a few different directions. This could be the spot where the Micah Parsons slide ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they could be a team that takes him there, even though with Dante Hightower coming back this year, they could use more guys on that second level. Um, I would be interested to see if they could maybe take one of the edge rushers off the board. Um, this is another one where I think my pick is going to differ with what they'll actually do. Okay. I'm going to take Micah Parsons here. Uh, really? I know so the slide the, stops here for Micah Parsons. I know there's off the field stuff. I know there are a lot of question marks about that, but from, if we just want to strictly put it on to what happens between the lines, he is an elite talent. And this is a situation where you go back to the culture that's in new England, the type of defense that Belichick and company run. I think Micah Parsons could be incredibly successful inside of that new England defense. I also believe that there's a very good chance that this, this picks Christian Barmore. Uh, I think that's been the, that's been the name that's come up a little bit as the, maybe the sneaky top 15 or top nah, 20 guy that people aren't talking it's about pick 17 where he's going to come off. the board. Uh, I, I, it could be, it could be, but uh, I, I would not be surprised if this is Christian Barmore have some help along the defensive line. He is going to be the, the number one IDL for NFL teams um, across the board. And I think that could push him, up a little bit. I think those two guys, like there are two guys that they could go a little bit higher that aren't mm -hmm. talked about as much. That's Christian Barmore and Trevon Morig, uh, because yes. they are clearly the top uh, of in their Morig's case, clearly yes. for me, the top safety. Uh, and in Barmore's case, slightly the top over Levi Awunzawike. Um, so you just those guys could name. end up being Levi Awunzawike. Yeah, you just wanted to say his name. Should show off. Um, yeah, this was like this year's Noah Igbenogany. There you go. I was like once I finally got it, I you're, like, you're yeah, like, I'm like, oh, got it. Yep, got it. Yep. Um, so I think those guys could be interesting, interesting, sneaky top 20 options that aren't mocked there very often. But uh, I think Michael Parsons, this is where the slide ends for him here at 15 with the Patriots. I think he'd be a great fit. So I am wrapping up uh, today's edition of this mock draft with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, listen, all biases aside, this is the team that I think I know the most about other than the New York Jets. It's a team that I cover on a various of, of other shows that I do. It's a team that I'm in tune with. It's a team that I think I understand uh, what their needs are. And Jamie, I have a really tough time with the way that our board has played out coming up with a pick here at 16 that I feel comfortable with. Remember, I'm the one that's making the pick. I'm not doing what Steve Kime, uh, what I think Steve Kime is going to do. I'm doing what I would do uh, in this situation. And you I have a reach. This is, I like, think, is, I think this is going to be a reach regardless. Because to me, I think there's a clear, and you, feel free to disagree with me. I mean, I, I have moved out of the Phoenix market. You live there now. I mean, you've lived there for a while, but like you're the only one of us two that are there. Right. I think cornerback is it, it, no, there's and a it gap is. between cornerback and next need on their list, whether it's interior offensive line, whether it's adding to the running back room, adding to a tight end. Like, I think cornerback is a massive need here. Like, do you start to consider? You know, do you consider Caleb Farley even with the back stuff? Do you consider Eric Stokes in the speed? Right. Um, Greg Newsom, uh, I think, could very well be the third corner off the board here. Uh, 
I think all those, all three of those corners have to be in play if you're at least be in that deep conversation. If you're and they are, they certainly are. And here is running back is not even a a conversation starter for me. They signed James Conner. There is no business using the 16th overall pick on one of the two running backs. You have way too many other needs. I still think they need more offensive line depth. I'll tell you where my head's at, Jamie. It is one of the three corners that you mentioned or it's Tevin Jenkins to help be beef up the right side of that offensive line. Have That's where I'm at. How about Creed Humphrey? Is Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson? If either one of those guys, just, I'm not saying that they should. I'm just saying if either one of those guys crossed your mind. I, I, not the, not at 16. I can't. I, I can't. I would. I, I got to take a corner over any of those guys. Tevin, Tevin Jenkins is a very strong consideration here. I will, I will admit that Tevin Jenkins is a very strong consideration, but I am ultimately, because I agree with you, I think when you look at this with this team, I understand they, sound, they signed Malcolm Butler, but even with Patrick Peterson on their roster last season, they had, they had just had holes everywhere in that secondary. Byron's going to play more in the slot. I don't know what Malcolm Butler is going to be able to give you. I still think he's a productive player, but they need a lot of help. And this team has made it very clear with what they have done, trading for a 30-plus-year-old center in Rodney Hudson, signing a 30-plus-year-old in J.J. Watt, signing a 30-plus-year-old corner in Malcolm Butler. Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury have pushed all the chips in the middle. They are all in. They are attempting to make the playoffs and go on a championship run this season. That is the way that they are operating. And in order to do that, they have to, they have to go for need. They have to fill positions. So the, the Caleb Farley run is going to stop here, Jamie. He is wow. too talented. Over Newsom, huh? He is too talented for the fall to continue. They have a need at this position. He would clearly be the CB1 if anybody didn't have those back concerns. He fits a need. They, they absolutely need to compete this season and corner is still one of the biggest needs that this team has. So the Caleb Farley run will stop here. He will be the selection at pick number 16. Bold, but I like it. Before the microdistectomy, I mean, he was clearly the CB1 for TDN. Like he was that option. I know that it was him versus Sertan a lot of places. He mm-hmm. was the CB1 pretty much across the board uh, for all of our scouts here. Uh, I I like it. It's incredibly interesting. So uh, I think I would have gone Newsom there. Just because I think it's even though Farley would be on clean slate, even ground would be clearly the pick for me. And I'm still a little bit worried, you know, two back surgeries in two years is not no, great. I, I get he didn't it. play last year either. And it's like, Ugh. but look, if it hits and it could, like wherever Farley falls, that could be one like two or three years from now. You look back and go, Man, how did they let team X yep. get Caleb Farley with that pick? Like, it feels like that could be uh, – I think he slides further than this, but I, I get it. Uh, it's I it's what I would do, right? It. It's what I would do if I was sitting in the chair. I and it. I think if, I, if Kayla Farley's standing, staring there at me on the board, he's gotten all the way here to 16. It's really tough considering the, the need that I have to not pass up on a guy that talented. It's really tough for me to do that. But I understand your point about Greg Newsom. Uh, I certainly uh, could see the Cardinals going that direction as well, because I don't see any of the other two corners getting to them at 16, right? I don't think JC Horner, Patrick Sertan are going to be options for them at 16. So I think this is the group that they would be dealing with if they try to fill that position. Can I, before we sign off, sure, because we're going to do the back half of this on on Wednesday. So keep an eye out wherever you listen to podcasts for that episode. And Jake will be back for that one. And all three of us will kind of go through these final half of the round. I want to throw a couple hypotheticals at you. What if one of the big wide receivers makes it to 16? What, what? 
And you're sitting the same board, ex- exactly what we just set up. AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Why? I don't. I got other. Th- I got other things. I got to solve, James. I, I get it, but no team ran four wide more last year than the Arizona Cardinals. AJ Green is old and there for one year. Your fourth wide receiver right now is Andy Isabella. If Devonta Smith is there, they're going to consider it. Same board. What would you do? Same board. So you're now choosing between Caleb Farley, the other options you had why, in your mind. Why? 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 And Devonta I, Smith. I just want to know. I'm just I still curious. think I still think I take Farley, and the reason why is because if I'm sitting in Steve Kimes' chair, I understand the position that I'm in. I have pushed all the chips in the middle, and Devonta Smith is an impact player. I get it, and I and listen. I picked him for Philadelphia, and I said all those glowing things about getting uh, Jalen Hurts a number one wide receiver in that offense. So I understand the player that we're talking about here. But the Arizona Cardinals already have a number one wide receiver. They signed a number two wide receiver. They have a number three wide receiver on their roster. And for a team that is going all in ships in the middle, they have to play the game a certain way. And the way that they have to play the draft game is they have to fill every other need on their roster before they can go luxury because of the Because, Jamie, if they take Devonta Smith, they don't make the playoffs this year. Everybody's gone. Everybody's fired. So I got to fill my needs. I cannot have I don't who Robert Alford as my starting corner on the other side of Malcolm Butler I just can't do it he hasn't played in two seasons so I have too big of a need I'm trying to win this season I understand I would there would be a pause as a room we'd have to have a discussion about it but ultimately I don't think I could shake myself away from we have a need at this position and we have to figure it out because we have to win this season okay I just want to throw a hypothetical out there. I, I think if one of the big three receivers falls, it's going to be Smith. Like if Kyle um, Pitts gets there, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Yeah, if Kyle okay? Pitts gets to 16, then he tunseled himself on draft night. Fair. Jake's going to, I mean, that's going to be the easiest mighty swell I've ever won from Jake. Yeah, that was a super easiest good bet, bet on your part. That he would, that he would go in the top 10. Like that was, I couldn't believe that Jake would give me that. He offered very, you that mighty swell bet. It was yeah. unbelievable. It's very generous of him. It would be interesting. I'm just saying, like, I could see this new happening, but I think you and I are both in agreement there with Arizona at 16. Uh, it cannot be a running back. No, 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 no. It you just cannot. cannot. You cannot do By that. By the way, I feel the same about I know we're not talking about them right now. I feel the same about Pittsburgh at 24. That it cannot know, be like a running that, back? That it needs yeah. to be another position? I would agree. That that seems to be, like, everybody's favorite Najee Harris spot. And I mean, I you just, can understand the reason for the fit. Should, no, no. They need help there. They're just – that team needs so much help. I still think they need another edge rusher. You, they need, they need help on the offensive line that's in yep. shambles. You know, not that they're going to take a receiver there, but you're a year away from probably losing Juju. Like, right. There's just so many needs on that team, immediate and short-term and long-term. You need a quarterback. Like, you can't take a running back there. No, like, no, no. You, I, I, you have to be in either multiple picks inside, like, the top 35, top 40, and have literally, like, no other needs. Like, it's palatable for Miami at 18. I wouldn't do it, but it's palatable for them at 18. Yeah, and I think I think the same thing can be said about the Jets at 23. Kind of. Because they have 34, 30, yeah, 34. I would spend 30, I would consider spending 34. I, I would too, more than 23, but I don't think 23 can be ruled out for a running back. No, no, I fully, no. I, I think if we're talking running backs right now, I think 18, 23, 24, maybe 30. 30 yeah, with Buffalo. Maybe 32 are all in the equation. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I just don't think I would. I mean, honestly, I, would, I don't think I would take a running back for any of those teams if it was me drafting. Uh, I just I don't I don't think any of those guys scream like enough of an impact player to to, to for enough of an impact player relative to the, the 
other options and other needs on those teams at those spots. Luckily for you, Jamie, we are going to do that on the Wednesday edition of the show. We are going to do the remainder of the first round. I will do a quick recap of the first 16 picks and the board and the draft continues on Wednesday with pick number 17 with the Las Vegas Raiders. But Trevor Lawrence went number one to the Jags. Zach Wilson goes two to the Jets. Justin Fields goes three to the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Pitts goes four to the Atlanta Falcons. Jamar Chase goes fifth to the Cincinnati Bengals. Jalen Waddell, sixth to the Miami Dolphins. Trey Lance, seventh to the Detroit Lions. Penny Sewell, eighth to the Carolina Panthers. Patrick Sertan, ninth to the Denver Broncos. J.C. Horn, tenth to the Dallas Cowboys. Rayshon Slater, 11th to the New York Giants. Devonta Smith, 12th to the Philadelphia Eagles. Christian Darasaw. 13th to the Los Angeles Chargers, Elijah Vera Tucker, 14th to the Minnesota Vikings, Micah Parsons to the New England Patriots at 15. And wrapping up our first half of the mock draft, Caleb Farley goes 16th to the Arizona Cardinals. Pretty, so, pretty solid start. And I'm looking forward to making our picks for the next round. I'm trying to take a look right yeah, now. Who starts on the who, clock? Uh, uh, I for, believe it's Jake, but let me double check here. Okay, uh, you can you can take it a look. Is. At, okay, so he so gets Jake to start, will start us off with pick here. Pick 17. Uh, so basically, his first pick there. Uh, then Chris, you come back on the board for 18. So I, well, I, I do have 18. Okay. So I, I picked six with the idea of I had 18 and I also have 18. This is very good. And then me at 19 with the Washington we, football team. And then we, and then we alternate third. from there uh, leading up to pick 32, which will end with Jake picking that, that one I did on purpose. Uh, Jake picking the bucks pick. Yeah. Why would, why would Jamie or I make that pick? There's zero reason for us making that pick. So that'll be very interesting for us to start off and, and let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you would do. This is going to be a fascinating draft season. Uh, as we're recording this now, we're what, nine days away? Eight? We are to, to tomorrow. The show is going out on the 19th. The draft is oh, on that's the- that's right. So I have to consider that. Yeah. So, so Monday, it'll be, te- it'll be what? 10, ten days. days. 10, ten days, days from the draft. Can't wait. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jamie, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Uh, the draftnetwork.com is where you can find all of Jamie's fantasy related content under the fantasy tab. He has all of his way too oh, early rankings way, up there. Yes. Do a mock draft for yourself. Go on the draftnetwork.com. Check out the mock draft machine. And if you're a TDN premium member, you can do trades. You can get right. t- trades offered to you. You can make trades out. So this will be a fun exercise. You can do one round. You can do seven round, anything in between. Pick one team, pick all the teams. So I encourage you to do that if you have not checked out the mock draft machine already because there's it's a really great time of year. There's less than two weeks to get them all done. All of that at thedraftnetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. We will be back on Wednesday, the second half, pick 17 to 32 of our 2021 NFL mock draft. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.